Hello, Silvertown. Welcome to the Silvertown podcast. Let's jump on that sober train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. And today we have a special guest and uh, with just an amazing story. And his name is Knick. Welcome, Knick. Thank you. Good to be here. So um, you're going to share your story with us. And it's just an incredible story. And I can't wait for everybody to hear it. And um, I got a hold of you after um, my wife, 1960 Kim, told my wife about you. And then my wife told me about you. And it was right around, around the same time that I just lost a friend to suicide. And then once I saw your, your post about what happened to you, I was like, man, we got to get this guy on and maybe hopefully... Um, get some hope out there to anybody that um, has any thoughts of suicide, that there is hope on the other end of sobriety. So, um, oh, real quick, I just want to mention the SoberTownPodcast.com. Come over there and, and check out. We have some amazing blogs, a lot of, a lot of great resources that we're building. So, Connect, why don't you go ahead and, and share with us your story? Yeah, so um, I uh, I was born in San Francisco in 1967. Um, my parents were kind of uh, the elder states people of the uh, the hippie movement back then. Um, they were running from the law. My dad was a forger, and um, uh, he was uh, in San Quentin prison when I was born. So uh, they moved 57 times in the 14 years that they were together. Um, I was around for about seven, eight years of that. Um, when we ended, ended up in the Midwest and my dad wanted to pack up and, and fly again, my mom said, uh, no, that's, uh, that's, that's it. We're not going to do that anymore. So my mom was heavily into prescription medication. Um, back in 78, she went into rehab and uh, she's been sober ever since. She hasn't touched anything since 1978. So uh, my father, on the other hand, uh, went out to went out west to uh, California, Oregon, Washington, and uh, started a new life uh, of which me and my siblings were not a part of. Um, so when I was about 13 is when I first started to experiment with marijuana and alcohol. And, um, and it just um, over several decades just uh, ballooned into um, something that was completely unmanageable for me. <clears throat> um, you know, just starting out with uh, high school friends and school friends, um, acquaintances, etc. And then when I became an adult, it just really took off my addiction. Um, I moved out to Seattle. Um, and uh, as soon as I turned 18, back in 85, and um, there were a lot of things going on in Seattle at that time. Um, with the music movement, a lot of things going on out there. Um, and I pretty much did um, everything that was put in front of me in terms of drugs and drinking, et cetera. So um, many friends of mine, coworkers, uh, family members, um, you know, brought it to my attention that I needed to seek help. Um, I proceeded to burn those bridges. Um, over the course of many, many years, different people 
um, you know, some of which, many, most of which I should say, I still haven't spoken to the to this day. It's been decades. So, you know, people that I really loved and I knew loved me, you know, I, I no longer have those relationships with. So um, in 1999, I wanted to change. I came back to the Midwest to be closer to family where my mom had um, uh, planted her roots um, when her and my dad split many years prior. And um, my, my addiction followed me. Um, I got married, had a couple of kids, um, and uh, then divorced after 13 years. And that's when my alcoholism really went into overdrive. Um, uh, that, that started probably in 2008, 2009. And then for the next 10, 11 years, um, it, it really skyrocketed, uh, to the point where, um, I was, I was drinking, um, you know, from morning till, till night, uh, till I would pass out my, my profession allows me to work remotely. It always has. I do a lot of traveling. I go all over the United States and, um, I'm on the road 75% of the time. So the opportunities to do anything that I want to do are pretty much there. Um, and so, uh, in, I want to say it was May of, no, so let me, real, real quick, let me ask you, did, um, like your marriage, was that, was that alcohol that kind of split that up too? Just out of curiosity. Um, no, no. Um, okay. Well, at that, at, during that time, I mean, I had, I had my issues with alcohol and I liked to drink and, and things of that nature, but the, the relationship itself, um, was, was kind of, um, doomed from the get-go. So, uh, not to go into too many specifics, but, um, we, my, my ex-wife and I always pretty much had a contentious relationship, whether there, there was alcohol present or not. <laughs> gotcha, and, gotcha. So, um, I'm not, yeah, you know, it might've, it might've might had a, had, had a, a part in it. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, it was this, it was a smaller part. It was and doomed maybe, anyway. <laughs> right. And, and maybe it was something that I'm just not seeing, I, you know, but she's never brought it up to me. We, we talked about our issues together. We, we, we are raising two kids and, and so we have to have that communication now. Um, and so we've, we've talked about things. We've talked about a relationship. And from her vantage point, alcohol really never came into play either. Or at least she never mentioned it to me. So, and I, I feel like we're honest with each other now. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it ended and it was bad. It was really bad. But, but alcohol you know, did ruin a lot of relationships, it sounds like, through your life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have some friends out West that I, I, I to this day, I love dearly. Um, you know, I was part of their families and, and, you know, it was just, um, you know, when, when confronted with the, um, the reality that I needed help with my, my problems, it was more or less an FU type of response from me. And, you know, I was going to do what I was going to do, regardless of who was telling me to do the opposite. It just wasn't going to happen. Right. So, so 
you know, I, I have a, I, you know, the funny thing about it, about sobriety is that, um, you can't, you can't bury the regret like you used to when you were drinking, you know, I mean, that, 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 that's a feeling, that's a feeling that comes out and it's, and it's stronger now than it ever was when I was, um, when I was drinking and, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing that, that, um, I struggle with from time to time, not to the point where it gets me into, uh, suicidal thoughts or anything like that, but it's just, it, it really, it really hurts my, my heart. And, and so, you know, at some point I, 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 I will be reaching out to these people, um, but it's going to be ready when I'm ready. And um, I'm not ready to do that as of yet. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still early on in this process. And, right. you know, I, but on the other hand, I, I had one friend that was a mutual uh, acquaintance of mine and my ex-wives. And she said, he wants you to give him a call, you know, and, and stuff like that. And then I, I said, no, I don't want to talk to him right now. The next day I picked up the phone and called him. So it's just <laughs> funny how those things work. You know, you never, you just never know when you're ready to address the things that you need to address. And I don't put myself under any undue stress in, or in the pursuit of, of, um, you know, making amends, it, it has to be when I feel right. Absolutely. So, so that's, that's pretty much where it is with me. Um, you know, and again, where I left off was in, in March of, uh, of 2020, I, I had been in the same job for 11, 12 years and, and I was well, I'm well, well respected in my industry, et cetera. Um, I had gone missing in action for two days. It was completely out of character for me. If there was one thing that I did well was my job. Um, I went on a, on a drinking binge and, and blacked out and so on and so forth. Well, uh, a friend of mine at my work, um, uh, notified the police and they came to my door, turned out to be a really good friend of mine who's a cop. And, um, and we just had a talk and, um, he, I, I said, I really need some help. And he started to put the ball forward and I, I just wasn't ready yet, you know, and I pretty much told him to, to go to hell as well. Um, so I continued drinking for the next, um, couple of months, um, in the, um, in the thick of COVID and I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't travel. I desperately wanted to my, I was uh, not taking my kids every week. Like I was supposed to be. Um, be. And I told my ex-wife at the time, I said, I am not right. I am not in a good spot. They, they shouldn't come over here. And so I, I just isolated and I drank and I drank and, and it, there was just no end to it. And then finally, um, in, around the end of June, when my lease was up, I, I didn't pack anything. I didn't, I didn't take anything out of, out of the place I was living. My, 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 uh, my lease was up. I was going to kill myself and everybody that survives can, can split up my shit. I really didn't care. Um, 
And so, um, wow, you're, you're mental. You were just like hopeless at that point, kind of with your uh, alcoholism, huh? I, I was, I was drinking every moment of every, every day at that point. And it was just a couple of weeks prior to that to where I had gone and bought a pistol at a store. I'd never owned a pistol in my life. Um, and, um, you know, I, I was uh, intent on killing myself. So for the next couple of weeks, I, I figured I had a couple of weeks to buy before I had to be out of my place and my lease was up. And so um, I, I got familiar with the pistol. I never fired it, um, but, you know, I would pretend, you know, I would, uh, I would take that, I would take that gun. I would take that gun and I would, um, without a clip in it, without any rounds in the chamber, and I'd put it up to my head and I'd pull the trigger as a dry run, you know? And, um, and there were, there was at least one time, maybe two where, um, I woke up from a blackout and the gun is on the table and there's a clip in it and there's one in the chamber and the safety's off, you know? And I, I don't remember how it got to that point, you know, wow. cause I was, I was kind of scared of it, you know? And, and so, um, June 30th is getting closer. Um, oh, I had just been let go from my job of 12 years on the 15th of June as well. Um, the day after that is when I bought my pistol. I got let go from my, from my job because of COVID. Um, and my industry dropped 50%, you know, immediately. So they let me go. And, and I uh, um, bought the pistol etc. And then June 30 came up and um, I was supposed to meet with my landlord the next day um, at the place I was living. And um, I woke up on July 1st, packed up a cooler full of booze, uh, packed my pistol and drove to a remote part of a wildlife preserve um, where I planned to, to blow my head off. And so, um, so I got there and I drank, um, a large bottle of Knob Creek and, um, and a couple of beers and, and, um, and I proceeded to go into a blackout and I remember the last thing I remember is I would, I had taken my car from park into drive and I started driving through this wildlife preserve and I just wanted to see if the gun worked or how it worked or whatever. And I, I remember pulling the trigger with a round in the chamber and the safety off uh, into the floorboard of the passenger side of my car. And that is honestly the last thing I remember for the next 12 hours or so. Um, when I came out of my blackout, I was still in my car. I had no re recollection of what I had done for the last 12 hours. Um, um, I, I don't know where I drove to. I don't know if I just sat somewhere. I don't know what I did. I have no recollection. There wasn't a scratch on my car. Um, you know, but I, uh, that was that was um, about four or four thirty in the morning, and I blacked out somewhere around four or four thirty in the afternoon the day prior, and so 
Um, I I saw the the entrance to a major freeway um, that I'm familiar with, and I got onto that ramp, and I drove onto the freeway, and I saw that I was 75 to 80 miles away from where I had started. And at that same moment, instantaneously, I just was convinced that I needed help with, with my alcohol, my help, my alcoholism, my addiction. I needed, I needed help. And I, I can't explain to you or anybody else what exactly happened, what happened to my brain that made me decide to do that. Some will call it, you know, divine intervention or a higher power or whatever it was. Um, I don't necessarily describe, subscribe to that worldview. So I'm not, I'm not a God guy. Something came over me and I. So you, you basically went from wanting to kill yourself with that mindset. You'd practiced with the gun you were ready to um, finish it. You went into the blackout. You woke up. You got to that um, to that uh, intersection or off ramp or whatever it was, and then something came over you, and all of a sudden you wanted help instead of death. Is that what you're saying? Right. That's exactly what happened. So, um, so I it was four thirty in the morning. I I drove the eighty miles back to the town that I live in, and. I sat there and contemplated my next move. I had thrown my cell phone into a, a pond or a lake at the at the wildlife reserve because it just kept on ringing. Um, people were calling me, worried about me, trying to get in touch with me, you know, uh, work related stuff, et cetera. And I just, I, I just, I just couldn't deal with it. I couldn't deal with the sound of that phone, and and so I had no way to get in touch with anybody. Um, I have a brother that lives not too far from where um, I live, um, but I hadn't seen him in a year and a half or so, um, uh, which is uh, another bridge that I had, um, for the most part, started to burn. Um, and I just went to him and his wife um, and said, hey, this is where I'm at. I really need some help. And, um, and so um, for the next two weeks, two weeks plus, I guess it was, I stayed with them. Um, my brother happens to be the fleet manager for a major um, alcohol distributor in, uh, in our area. And so, uh, they basically kept me drunk for two weeks um, until I could get into rehab. And, um, and I got into rehab and I, I spent the first couple of days just bawling my eyes out, you know? So um, it was, it was, it was pretty intense. It was pretty, uh, it was pretty intense. I had no idea what rehab was all about. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, you know, a lot of, people that um were in the same boat as me and we we instantly clicked and it just became you know my family from from almost day one and uh and that's the way it's pretty much been ever since wow that's just amazing 
so that's when you so that's around the middle of july of last year uh yeah. when you got sober yeah july uh 8 p.m uh on july 19th my brother and i uh polished off the last bottle of booze that i would ever have with them so <laughs> so um yeah and so that so that was july cool. 20th is your sober date uh july 20th was the day i went into rehab yeah yeah that's my brother's birthday that died in 2011 from addictions july 20th uh, yeah <laughs> it's that is crazy isn't it um so you know that's just crazy that i mean so um you're you're older you're middle-aged like me and you spent your whole life in addiction and and that was the first time that you've ever ever sought help was um was after that night is that right yeah yeah i mean not to say that i hadn't been to an aa meeting before uh, i certainly had just um out of pure prep pressure from people, um, whether it be uh, an employer or a friend or whatever the case may be, or my mother, for example. Um, you know, so I, 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 I was still a stranger to the walls of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and, you know, because I really hadn't been there but a few times. But um, yeah, this is the first time I had ever been into rehab. And so, um, you know, I didn't have any periods of sobriety you know, from the time I was 13 until I was 54 and, um, or at least nothing worth, uh, nothing that I can remember, nothing worth really mentioning as far as sobriety is concerned. Yeah. That's a lot of drinking. Um, you know, and then I asked you here because I, I think it's huge because there's a lot like my friend Dawson who, um, just three Saturdays ago, uh, killed himself. Um, there's, I want people to know that there's hope, uh, on the other side, if you just wait, wait it out. So let's talk about your life since, um, you went into rehab since July 20th. Um, how have things changed? Yeah. So, so, so everything's changed for me. Um, I'm back, I'm working back in the industry that I was in, um, doing the same type of work, doing the same job, basically. Um, I've cut way back on my travel. Um, you know, I, I'm still working remotely. I have a lot of alone time, which is fine. Um, my relationships with my kids um, are better than they ever have been. Um, I'm actually getting along with my ex-wife. Um, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's which is, which is truly amazing in itself, considering where we were. Um, you know, I, I have, I have some sober friends. Um, I hang out with them a lot. I, I am not, um, I'm not religious about going to my meetings on a regularly scheduled basis, but I do go to them. I surround myself with positive people. Um, I don't hang out in bars. Um, you know, it's just every, everything has changed. And I, on day one of rehab, I remember, I remember myself saying, you know, um, you know, by, by my one year anniversary, I'm going to set these goals and I've worked my butt off towards achieving those goals. And I've achieved them. I'm, I'm moving into uh, a brand new place on August 1st. Um, 
that I'm going to own, um, you know, and, and, and so it's going to be all mine, um, you know, um, finding a new job in the industry that I was in is very, very hard to do. And, um, and this, this opportunity came up on June in, in June of this year, I was hired on as a new regional sales manager on June 22nd. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not just a matter of quitting drinking. Um, and, and suddenly everything's going to change, but you, I, I can only speak for myself. I ended up seeing things in a different light, just everything in a different light, just by eliminating alcohol from my life. Okay? Absolutely. And then, and then you, you I, I gained a, um, uh, uh, I can't do it attitude to I can do it attitude as a result of that, I think. And then I started setting goals. I started writing them down and I started to achieve them. And, and it's not without work. I've worked my ass off and, and, and you know what, but it's so gratifying and anybody who, who has been in the same shoes as me or worse. Um, and, and who am I to say that my, my situation is any worse than anybody else's. I, I, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that I had stripped myself of every imaginable way to um, continue drinking and lead a productive life and a happy life. And I just could, I simply couldn't do it. And not only that, alcohol removed everything from you, including the will to live. It just, it, it took everything from you. And that's yeah. what alcohol does it's, it's destructive. And um, it like, I, I know you're not a God man, but to me, it like leaves you a dead man walking. You're just a shell of a friggin' person, no soul, no nothing. And, and I was like that a lot too. And now, I mean, you went from um, wanting to die and now you're pursuing goals uh, you're getting along with your, your ex-wife. Uh, I'm sure you're a better father, you're present, a better son, a better friend, everything I'm sure. Right. I, I think, I think I am. And, you know, I, like I said before, I've burned a lot of bridges, but I've mended some of those as well. And I'm, you know, I'm, on, I'm on my way. And, and, you know, I, I think that on IAS, for example, it's, it's, you know, I read some of the posts and, in the, in the, and what, whatever, for whatever reason, something that comes to mind when I read some of the posts is that people are, are viewing it as a, like a finish line or something like that, where to me, it's more, you know, the, the anniversaries that I've celebrated here over the last couple of weeks are the ones where I can remember back to the way I was. That, that sobriety date, that one-year sobriety date on, on, on July 20th, it, it really doesn't have the importance of the other milestones that I've reached personally, you know, when I look back at where I was a year ago, you know? Um, and so it, that, that is what is most important to me is, is how I've changed um, inside and, and, and how I've become a better person uh, a better father, a better employee, a better friend, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's been very rewarding for me. And, you know, anybody who has, 
who is going through this or has gone through this, it could be one time, it could be 10 times, it doesn't matter. You know, hope is there, you know, but like I said, don't think for a minute that you can just get sober and, and everything's going to change. It takes work, you know, but if yeah, you're you, you to have to pursue work, sobriety, you have to pursue it. Exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> it, 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 it is work. And, you know, but like I said, it's very rewarding work. And, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful <clears throat> to the people that I've encountered since July 20th of last year. I mean, I, I, I stay in touch with many of them. I, I was in, I was in rehab for basically a total of six months and uh, you know, it, that's pretty heavy duty. That's, that's a long time. Yeah, it was, it was, but you know, I, I, I'm thankful for it. I was really ready to get out when I did get out, but I'm, I'm very thankful for, for pretty much every minute of it because uh, it made me a better person. You know, some of this, I'm, you know, it's really cool that you're on IAS. Um, IAS actually, that's how I got sober because I couldn't do it myself. And this, that community on IAS, I found, uh, you know, everybody that had everything in common and, and I was able to find my sobriety there. And so uh, you got this one post you put up addiction is the equivalent of driving a car a hundred miles, miles per hour into a brick wall with everything you love in the passenger seat, man, that is so true. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And, in, in, in so many, so many of my, my loved ones, friends and family have, have been along for that ride for, for decades, you know, uh, and, and the, 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 the fact that I'm still here to talk about it is, is just really um, unbelievable. And, you know, and, and they look at me now and they don't even, they don't even really know me They're It's like, they're just getting to know me now. And, um, and well, it, you're not, it, you're not the same person as you were a year ago. No, no. And I posted something, I, I posted something the other day too, and I don't post there very often, but when I do, I try to be impactful or funny or something like that. It's something like, uh, you know, um, you know, people, uh, people who know me now, you know, now, and they say that I'm not as much of an asshole as I was when I was drinking. And that's <laughs> all that I relate and, with that. <laughs> and that's, and that's just kind of how it is. And, and I, I, I guess in their eyes, I'm kind of the lovable asshole, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what else to say, you know, don't, don't, uh, if you get to that point, if you get to that point where there's, there's just really nothing left and you think there's nothing left, there's something left. There is. There and is. I'm, I'm proof of that. I, I am proof of that. Um, you know, I, I burned, I burned through a half a million dollars in five years and I, I don't know where it went. And I, I was broke. I, I was, I was destitute. I was homeless. I was all of these things. And I was a, I was a helpless alcoholic and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't find a way to keep on doing what I was doing um, without, without, you know, uh, dying, you know, and I, I, I was on that collision course and, 
you know, and, and then I got on a collision course with sobriety and here I am. So anybody out there who's listening to this know that when you think all is lost, all is not lost. You, you, you have to pick yourself up. You have to take that first step. You have to go into a rehab uh, facility or whatever it is you need to do to get off the, the booze. And that's, and that's where you start. You start there. You start setting goals for yourself and you start achieving those goals. And then you, you, you rebuild your life. And that's what I've done. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. And it's really once you get the alcohol out of your life, things i don't know about you but things have just started um falling together for me in my life um i like another one you put that you put on here life is like a game of chess i don't know how to play chess <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that is so true isn't it it is yeah we i mean you know i i i don't i don't try and figure things out any anymore i don't try and figure out um, you know, why things are the way they are or, or try and change, um, the situation, um, against forces that are beyond my control. I, I roll with the punches. I, I do what I need to do every day for myself. That's all I have control of. Um, and you know what life is gonna, life is gonna serve me up a bunch of, uh, shit sandwiches and, and, um, it's unfortunate that happens, but, um, but that's life. You know, that's life, and and you know what? Along with that, it's um, you know, there's a lot of good as well. So, I, yes. what I take with me um, every day. Yes, I mean, you know, some of those people, I, I you know, I I don't know them. I've never met them. I, and some of them, maybe I've re only read one of their posts. But you know, it never fails when I do go in there and I look at some of those posts, um, something resonates with me. And, and I've been doing that the whole time I've been sober. So, so um, did you get into IAS? Did you find this app right away when you got sober? You know, um, somebody that I um, was in rehab with, um, I think recommended it to me. I don't remember specifically how it happened. I think they just said, yeah, there's a sober app out there. And I think I went into the app store, type in sober app and boom, there it was. So, cool. yeah. And that's something else. I mean, if somebody's feeling hopeless um, and like there's no way out of their addiction, go, go to IAS, download the app, get on there and start talking to people, start talking through it, but um, give yourself a chance and, and don't, don't end your game. Don't end your own game because there's so much more to life. And, you know, um, connect, it's not only, um, game over for Dawson, but, uh, you know, his poor wife and his child and everything else that's going on. There's a lot of people that are left holding the bag after his death. And it's not just Dawson that pays the price addiction. Addiction affects everybody around them. And, and it's destructive and it destroys. So I just hope that um, we get some people that, that if they are in a bad spot and they hear this podcast, that they reach out and get some help really soon, you know? Right. Or, or just download, download the app, post something, post something that you're really hurting or something and, and, you know, give, give 
people the the opportunity that have the same experiences to reach out to you and 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 try and, and get you the help that you need you know um you know it's 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 a it's a great tool to have and the people on there are great and you know um sensible shoes and <laughs> all those people on there they're they're awesome the posts that they put on there um they're just great to read and they're and they're they're just really salt of the earth people and they're they're in they're in the arena and they're fighting and they're everybody's working together to bring awareness um to those that are still lost because we got people from day zero all the way through to i don't i just saw somebody with 1700 days the other day you know awesome. which is huge yeah. um but everybody's you know when you post something you're not only helping somebody else but you're helping yourself and then you can look at it and examine about what you're feeling kind of look at yourself from the outside and, and that's kind of cool too the pulsing has really helped me throughout my struggle right right you know it, it's funny a, a quick little story um you know early on in my sobriety i was going to aa meetings quite a wee quite a bit and and i um got a sponsor and um he and i hit it off right away and uh, we we give we flip each other a lot of shit, and and so uh, it came time to get my sixty or ninety day medallion, whatever it was, and I, I said, you know, I really don't like bringing attention to myself. I really don't need this. You know, I I you know that I don't I don't want to accept an award for being sober. And he looked at me and he said this isn't for you, you fucking idiot. It's for everybody else. And, and that really resonated with me um, because the selfishness of the program is, is really you putting into it and, and getting back so much more, you know? And so um, that's what sobriety is. You know, you, you, you help others and you end up gaining more from that experience than they do. Amen. You know, and that's, and that's one thing that I will always remember about it is, is that it's, it's, it's not about me. It's, it's about everybody else, you know, and, um, and that's what you're doing right now too. Cause um, exactly. I'm sure this is way out of your comfort zone to be uh, doing a podcast right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I meet a lot of people in my work, especially, and I, I know a lot of people. It's a, um, you know, it's a big industry that I'm in, and there's a lot of people out there that I know and and um, um, have been friends with and um, uh, have worked with for you know many many years. So, um, for me to talk about um, me and myself and my sobriety in the manner that I do um, openly during my work is, is kind of foreign to me. So, um, but I, I, you know, it's, it's, like I said, it's not for me, it's for everybody else. And if I can, if somebody, if somebody, um, gets something out of this, which I hope happens, then I I'm happy about that. That, that definitely made the effort worth it. And it's, this podcast is all about hope that there's hope on the other end you made it out connect you made it out um you blacked out woke up the next day alive 
and then something clicked and all of a sudden you didn't want to die. You wanted help. I'm just praying somebody else may hear this podcast and something clicks and they just pursue something, uh, pursue life instead of pursuing death, you know? Yeah. yeah likewise. And, you know, you know, when you think that, when you think that things can't get any worse, they, they really can, you know, and, you know, stop and, 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 and think and just, you know, you know, try and, and muster up all the strength you can to reach out and people will be there for you, you know, and uh, they, they certainly were for me and they, they definitely talked me off the ledge. Yeah. And that's literally, <laughs> that's literally right. Right. Well, connect. Um, I'm going to keep following you. I really appreciate that you, you came on the podcast and, and shared with us and it's really been nice meeting you. We, this is the first time you and I've really ever heard each other's voices is today. So all this is like right off the cuff and that's how yeah. it's going to go up on. That's how, Silvertown podcast is it's off the cup cup pretty raw um I may go in like on each side of the um uh the podcast and just clip any weird sounds out and then boom it's up so we're not a, a podcast that will spend like 20 hours trying to make everything <laughs> look pretty and sound pretty because this is life this is real shit right now and like with yeah. what happened to you this is real this is literally for you connect life and death and now you're experiencing the other side in sobriety and that's life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, and I'm, I'm just going to keep on charging forward and, um, you know, I'm, I'm don't look past today and, um, July 20th is still several days away. So, uh, that one year, I'm, I mean, it's like I said, everything else matters more to me than, than, than actually not drinking, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it is one day at a time. I, I hate all the AA cliches. Um, I mean, with the exception of that one, um, because it's, it's just so, it just resonates with me. It's so true. It's just today. That's all I get. I'm going to do everything I can to be a good person and, and, um, and not drink and, and um, be a good dad. So um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been a pleasure meeting you. And, and I uh, will be following you on IAS to, uh, because you say some really cool things, man. And I've been going through it and it's really, you really say some really cool things. So. Thanks. I appreciate that. And I, I, I will likewise follow you and um, you know, I'll, uh, uh, I'll, I'll connect with you again when I get down to your neck of the woods and we'll, uh, we'll go have a nice dinner. Sounds great to me. I'm in Glendale, Arizona. Woo it's only like one seventeen or something today. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I go down south in the wintertime when it's 20 below up here, so. <laughs> right. I've driven on those roads where you're at, so. Yeah. All right, my yeah. friend, um, thank you very much. And look, everybody, thank you for joining Silvertown Podcast. Remember, SilvertownPodcast.com. And everybody have a great day. Connect. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye now.